Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and, of course, available on Apple Podcasts and, of course, for download on iTunes. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us here on the program today. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, our email is richsportstalk at gmail.com, and our Twitter handle is at richsportstalk. And I wanted to get into something where we're seeing something in sports where one league is, I think bleeding over into another league, and I think it's making some people a little bit delusional about the situation, about how that sport operates. So for anyone who's listened to this podcast, you know I'm going to have a football fan. That's what we mostly talk about in this podcast. You know, that's my big forte. I love football. I love the draft. I love talking about the transactions, about the offseason, you know, the AAF. I, I love talking about football, and we keep bringing you all the latest football content. And so... In the last 48 hours, the big one of the big storylines in the NFL was that the Miami Dolphins have traded away Ryan Tannehill and have traded him to the Tennessee Titans, basically swapping weight round picks. But the biggest asset coming back in that trade was a fourth round pick for him. And all yesterday and today, I've been hearing something that's driving me nuts. And it's, I think, partially because of the NBA, and this is why I meant about two leagues converging on each other, that has put this notion. And everywhere I've seen, the Dolphins are tanking next season, and the Dolphins are already preparing for the next year's draft. Next season is irrelevant. Are are you kidding me? I, I mean, seriously, are, are you kidding me? I, I don't buy that for a second. I don't think any team in the NFL can purposely tank. The closest thing you will see to uh, I hate using the word tank in football the only thing you'll see is if it's like a week 13 or 14 and you have a three-win team and they decide to sit their best players or their high stars and get some of the younger guys in there they might not be trying to win it might be trying to maybe leverage some of their draft stock late in the season but they don't go into a season fully saying you know what we're going to tank this entire season I mean the Browns were 0-16 won one game in two years and they were still playing hard they weren't giving up. They just didn't have the talent. They just didn't have the talent. I mean, it just, to me, I am just, I'm just amazed by everyone just saying, oh, they're tanking. Really? I don't see that at all. In football, you don't see it. This is a sport where everyone's watching and these young guys that are on the field they don't not to quit because if they quit this is a sport where there's no guaranteed contracts guys can be cut easily they can be moved on and i look at this offseason yeah the miami dolphins they've lost a lot of players but they weren't a good team last year they haven't been a good team the last couple of years look at the guys they're giving away and people are overreacting they're giving away older veterans that weren't going to help them in a long-term plan and everyone, I mean, everyone's freaking out about this Ryan Tannehill move, but the way I look at the Ryan Tannehill move is, look, in his career with the Dolphins, he started 88 games. He's 42 and 46 as a starter. He missed the entire 2017 season. He hasn't started 16 games since 2015. And last year, he only started 11 games. They were 5 and 6 with him. I, I, I mean, look, he's a decent quarterback. He probably is what he is, a backup, a high-end backup who can maybe make some spot starts for you. But 123 touchdowns, 80 interceptions, I mean, look, he's average. Dolphins saying, look, we weren't winning with him. 
we could be moving on. I, I still believe they're going to make a move. I mean, don't forget, and I'm going to make a little bit of a prediction here. I mean, for anyone that knows that I'm a big Kyler Murray fan uh, to the Cardinals, not necessarily Murray, but him going to the Cardinals, I think that the Dolphins are going to be in that Rosen sweepstakes. Don't forget, who was the team that jumped in front of the Dolphins to get Rosen? It was the Cardinals because they knew they really liked Rosen. I wouldn't be shocked if the Dolphins have been gauging with the Cardinals and feeling it out and saying, look, they might not trade Rosen to add some, you know, maybe not tilt their hand that they're getting Kyler Murray. But I do think the Dolphins might have a good sense. Like, look, if they draft Murray, we've been maybe we've been talking behind the scenes that we could get Rosen for a second-round pick or a second and an additional pick to be a starting, and we have a young quarterback. They might like a quarterback in this draft that no one's talking about. They might be just saying, you know what, let's find a holdover guy until next year, but we're still going to compete and look to develop a guy. I everyone's I keep hearing they're tanking this isn't the NBA where one player makes a difference this is a 53-man roster and this year it's worse in the NBA because there's an elite once in a decade prospect in Zion Williamson now you're seeing seven teams tank but there's also a wide discrepancy from the top to the bottom in the NBA that there isn't in the NFL one of the big benefits of the NFL is there's great competitive balance because of their salary cap because of their non-guaranteed contracts because of the draft I mean, that's one of the best things about the NFL is the level of competition. It's very close. I mean, there's separation from some of the great teams like the Patriots. But how many years do we see a team that was a last-place team or a third-place team, and they end up in the playoffs the next season because of this competitive balance? And one another reason that it drives me a little nuts about everyone saying, oh, they're, they're, they're going to move on. They're new. They have a new head coach, Brian Flores. And what I know about Brian Flores is not only is he a great guy, but he's one of the hardest workers. Like, that is one of the things you've heard about the Patriots. This is a smart guy that works incredibly hard behind the scenes. And he's getting a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He's not going to let that go away. I mean, we look at the NFL now. If you have a bad season, you could be out. He's not going to do that. He's not going to give up the season. He's going to have this team prepared. They might be understaffed this first year, but look, he's going to try to be, do his best to have them prepared. And I will say this about Patriot head coaches. They might not work great, but one thing you always know, they're prepared and they know the X's and O's. So I look at this situation with uh, Brian Flores. To me, he's the type of guy, from what we know about him, he's not going to let that happen. And he also is a smart guy. He knows the right on the wall. We just saw Arizona with Wilkes. He got fired after one season. I think there's a precedent in the NFL now with head coaches. They can't afford a bad year or a terrible year. If you remember, I do the hot seat special where every quarter mark of the season, I give my top five head coaches that are on the hot seat likely to be fired. And only once did I put Wilkes on an honorable mention. But I always kept prefacing by saying, look, he's not going to get fired. This is a front office. They understand they're rebuilding. They have a first-year quarterback. He's been told that they need a first-year quarterback. They fired their offensive coordinator midseason. We're on an offensive coordinator that has never been an offensive coordinator before full-time. And I really like Byron Leftwich, but it was his first time doing the position. And, of course, they struggled. They don't have a great roster in an incredibly talented division. And he still got fired. So for everyone saying, oh, the Dolphins, are they're going to tank next year on purpose to get Tua. 
here's let me also put this out there too for people that's saying oh they're going to tank for a quarterback number one there's a lot of great quarterbacks in next year's draft i will contend there are a lot of good quarterbacks but i don't know if there's a clear-cut number one everyone's saying well two is the number one huh? i i don't know i mean jake Fromm from georgia I really like that kid. He's big, strong, threw three touchdowns, no picks against Alabama in that SEC championship game where the year before he looked completely rattled. And Tua, a lot can happen in a year. We forget what happened to Tua at the end of last season. He got hurt. Tua's a smaller quarterback. If he gets hurt again in college and misses time, does that affect his draft? I think it does because he can't stay healthy in college. There's a lot of things that could work against Tua. Tua also has great weapons and a great offensive line around him in Alabama. I do think that elevates his game a lot. So could next year he get more confident and try to make more dangerous throws and throw more interceptions? It's possible. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks like Dan Marino go from one of the the Sherlock number one or two pick having a bad senior year, and he dropped in draft stock. I mean, it, it could happen to Tua. A lot can happen. If he gets hurt again... And I don't think it's a big knock on Tua, but there is one thing that I don't think anyone's talking about. It's left-handed. And people are saying, oh, come on, Nolan, that's ridiculous. Why why are you judging him being left-handed? The thing with left-handed quarterbacks, here's a fun game. I want you to think about this. Really think about this, okay? Beside Steve Young... Give me, I'll make this easy, give me three, three great left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL. Struggling, aren't you, right? Well, there was Michael Vick. Well, Michael Vick was no more for his running and was very inaccurate. I mean, there's been a couple guys like Stabler. There's been a couple of good left-handed quarterbacks. But this league, even though I do think Tua is an elite passer... I mean, there could be a coaching staff that might not be comfortable with a left-handed quarterback. I know it sounds crazy, but all these coaches and these offensive coaches especially, they have a system and they want to find a quarterback that fits their system or a quarterback that they feel they can adjust their system around. And two is a different quarterback. I do think he's a smaller quarterback, an agile quarterback, and we're seeing those more accepted in the league. But it all depends on what your team is looking for at the top of the draft. And there's going to be a lot of options next year. I mean, to me, the best quarterback prospect isn't even going to be available next year. It's going to be Lawrence out of Clemson. I think he's going to be the best quarterback prospect coming out of the college in the next two years, and he's not even available. So this idea that you're going to tank, it it, it just doesn't work in the NFL. Because there might be a quarterback you love this year, but what if next year he tears his ACL? or has rotator cuff surgery, or misses significant time, or throws more interceptions, or his team doesn't do well. There's a lot that can happen in football over the next years. And for people saying, oh, Miami's going to try to lose games to improve their track. No, they're not. It's a new head coach. And this is a coach who, from what I've been told, is one of the hardest workers that's come through that New England building. And he also understands, look, there is a precedent beforehand that a lot of these New England coaches, they don't do well. And he's one of these hardworking guys. He's going to want to buck that trend. He understands that this was a tough job to take, especially when you're looking at the quarterbacks above him. But I just think the Dolphins decide, look, 
Ryan Tannehill was a sub-500 quarterback. Are we really that much worse without him? I mean, we're forgetting he was a converted wide receiver in college. When he came out, I was said, I always remember at the time when he came out, I said, I don't know how great Tannehill's going to be. Because he hasn't played quarterback his entire life. He's only played for a couple of years, and he's a guy that I'm not sure if he can handle the punishment, and both turned out to be true. And for Tannehill, I, I think he can still be a valuable quarterback. I think he can compete in Tennessee and with Mariota, both of them. Uh, I don't know if either of them they can get through the full season with both of those guys with their injury history. But, I, I mean, if let, let me put this out there. If the Dolphins were shopping Tannehill, if people thought he was a franchise quarterback or a starting quarterback, do you think they would have gotten more than a fourth-round pick for him? Absolutely. The league is telling you what they think of Ryan Tannehill. He's okay. Gets hurt. He could have some good games. But he had Adam Gase. And Adam Gase, when he was on the field, look, he looked better. But you're looking at this division. If you were to come in next year with Ryan Tannehill, he'd still be the fourth best quarterback, arguably, in that division going forward with Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. So Miami's saying there might have a guy. Look, they might like Locke. They might like Daniel Jones, who's a guy I'm high on. And look, a lot can happen. If the Giants cut Eli Manning, I think that could be a good spot for him. And I... I'm making a prediction here. I don't know if this will be 100% true because it's a new brass there. But I do think if Kyler Murray goes one, which I believe, I do think that the Dolphins could be a front runner of the Josh Rosen sweepstakes. It just makes a lot of sense. If you have people in that building that scouted him last year, they might say, look, we don't love the quarterbacks in this draft compared to Rosen. We don't know where our order is going to be next year. And for Rosen, it's not a bad gamble. The worst case scenario is you have him for two or three years and then you draft another quarterback. He's on his rookie deal. It's not going to kill you cap-wise. The Dolphins just saved a bunch of cap by moving on from Tannehill. They gave him that long-term contract and that really, it really stunted their growth because they couldn't keep good players. So I think it was a good move by the Dolphins, but for everyone saying, oh my God, they're signaling that they're tanking. Look at the guys that got rid of this offseason. You look at the guys that they don't have. They got rid of older pass rushers and Frank Gore. And I love Frank Gore, but this is a team that they clearly are in a rebuild mode and they're trying to get younger talent. And the guys that got rid of are older veterans. And they got rid of a quarterback that's going to be a backup likely next year. And if people really thought he was a starting quarterback, you don't think they would have given more than a fourth-round pick for him? I mean, come on. So for this notion that they are tanking, and and I know people close to... Close to the, uh, close to Brian Flores, and from what I've been told about him, and from all, all the things I hear about him, from people that know him well, he's one of the hardest working people you will ever meet, one of the smartest people that has gone through that Patriot building. The, he, you only get usually one shot as a head coach, and for someone to say, "Oh, they're going to tank next year," no, they're not, because Flores wants to prove he can be a great head coach. Number two, I don't think they're completely done. I think they might draft a quarterback or trade for a quarterback like Josh Rosen. And three, coaches in front office, they can't afford for a horrible season. We just saw in Arizona, a team we knew from the beginning of the season was going to be bad. I said if everything went perfect for Arizona last year, if everything went perfect, they might win five games. They might be the fifth pick instead of the first pick. Look. They had a rookie quarterback with no offensive line, no great weapons, an aging Larry Fitzgerald, 
David Johnson wasn't the same player coming back next year because Parsley didn't have a good offensive line. They had a terrible defense. And they were in a division, may I remind you, that had the Rams who made the Super Bowl, the Seahawks who made the playoffs, and the 49ers, even without Jimmy Garoppolo, they were a tough out, and they have a good, they have a much better roster. I went through all those teams. The one team you could make the case in one position unit that the Cardinals were better at than anyone in that division was maybe the running back position compared to the 49ers. Outside of that, every other team in that division was better. Wilkes was a first-year head coach. And to be honest, I don't think he did that bad with the cards he was dealt. You had a rookie quarterback out there with no talent, and he still got fired. I mean, coaches now, it used to be you got a seven-year plan over a decade ago. Then it was you had a three-year plan. But now because of Sean McVay, and owners are going to say, well, Sean McVay turned the terrible Rams around in one year. Why can't you? Although the Rams also had Todd Gurley, who was a great running back, a first overall pick in Jared Goff, who was a very good quarterback. They went out and spent on offensive line, spent on receivers, had a good defense, and, of course, recruited arguably the best special teams in the NFL. But they had that turnaround. I mean, I think some of these owners are a little delusional with the amount of time it takes to turn around. But look, the Dolphins are signaling they're rebuilding. They're moving on from their quarterback that wasn't working. They understand that they're trying to develop a new program down there. And in some ways, I think it's a smart move. I think the Patriots are going to be great for another two, maybe three years. And I think the best thing you can do if you're the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins is basically prepare yourself for the day Hopefully Tom Brady retires sometime in the next decade. And then you try to take the division. Get younger. Build a good young core. I mean, the Bills right now and the Jets, they feel they have their quarterback. They're going out and spending money to help those quarterbacks. Right now, the Dolphins don't have it. But I do think by the end of the draft, they'll have it. Whether it's via trade for Josh Rosen or another quarterback. Whether it's they sign Eli Manning if he gets cut. Or heck, they could even draft a kid. Maybe they like Daniel Jones. Maybe they like Locke. There's a lot of different possibilities. But for people to stand out there one day after they moved off of Ryan and Tan, who I'm reminding people will be a backup in Tennessee to Marcus Mariota. And I can make the case today that going into the next season, the Titans have a bottom five quarterback situation in the league. That, oh, oh, they're tanking. They're not tanking. Just because the NBA has that talent disparity and they need a number one pick like Zion Williamson to hopefully turn their franchise around. It's not how it works in the NFL. Because these guys, they're not guaranteed contracts. If they see you quitting on that field, a lot of teams won't sign you again. There's no such thing as tanking in the NFL. The closest thing we'll see is if a team's 3-10 and and their star running backs Nick Lay in the season or the receiver they're paying a ton of money to or their quarterback's got a knee issue and he's fully guaranteed for the next four years, they might say, you know what? Sit out for the rest of the season. We're not risking your health. At this point in the season, we're not risking your health. We don't want you to get injured and miss time next year. That's the closest thing we'll see, but it's from teams that are far out of it. And even that the teams that are out of it, they're still playing hard because now you got younger guys in the roster trying to make a name for themselves, trying to earn a roster spot in this league, whether it's with that team or another team. So I, I just I can't tell you how much this infuriates me that people are actually thinking that the Dolphins are purposely trying to tank next year. They're not. They're not tanking. They're rebuilding. There's a huge difference. Tanking is the biggest problem in the NBA right now. I've said it before. And the league's going to have to look into it, and they're trying to stop it, but it's still an issue. The NFL, there is no tanking. 
there is no tanking in the NFL. Because if you tank, especially now with the shorter winters, these coaches and general manager gang, if you try to tank, well, guess what that's going to do? You're going to be 1-15, and 2-14, and 14, and guess what? You're going to be out of a job because that owner is going to be frustrated and all those the great draft pick you accumulated, someone else is going to use it. So this idea that teams are tanking, it just drives me it just drives me nuts. You know, I want to hear your feedback, though. Do you think the Dolphins are tanking? I'm going to put a poll on Rich Sports Talk later today. I would love to hear your feedback, guys. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us here. You can listen to the show, as always, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spreaker. And we're going to be talking about the draft. Going to have some mock drafts with the Jets, Giants, and Patriots coming up in the coming weeks. Of course, more bold strategies. Where are they now? It's coming up. Some of our newer segments. Talking the NFL, NBA as we close in the postseason. And, of course, the NFL draft, one of my favorite things to talk about. And you know what? Even the AF. I love the AF. I think it's been great this year, and it's been a fun talking point. And I can't tell you how happy I am to have spring football to watch. And it's been great. Also got a lot of college hockey and hockey stories coming up as we head toward the postseason. Lots of great stuff coming up. But you can only find it here on Rich Sports Talk. Make sure to like and subscribe. Thank you once again for joining us here today. And until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.